from the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very uh, pleasant good afternoon to you. This is Patrick Timpone. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the show with Fred Dashevsky. I'll be telling you more about that special he has on uh, uh, the St. Gardens $20 gold piece. That's uh, a good one. Uh, MS-65 and also the five MS-65 Liberty Silver Dollars um, uh, all graded in their plastic containers. Four grand for the deal. It's a really nice little package. But uh, you might want to check that out. Uh, just go to uh, Fred's website or give him a call. 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. Tell him you want to talk to him about the the special that he talked about. It'd be a nice one to get a couple from, you know, for each kid or your husband or your wife or your dog or whatever. Because there's no doubt in the world that these uh, lunatics in uh, Washington, D.C. and around the world, actually, are going to continue to create all the money that they can uh, just because they think that's going to be a way that they're going to save us from something. (laughs) Brandon Smith is here and... uh, he thinks that uh, folks are going to get a little bit more curious when it comes to this whole uh, gun-grabbing kind of thing. I, I saw a great article, Brandon, on your website, and it is altmarket.us, altmarket.us. Your latest article was all about the gun-grabbers. That's what you call it there. Gun-grabbers, what tactics will they use, and what firearms should you buy before the rush? Okay, so... So what do you think is going on here? I mean, is, is this anything new or do you think it's just been ramped up with this Uvalde thing and that they really want to come for the guns? I mean, we've seen this uh, at least a couple of times before. I, I mean, primarily in the Obama era, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I can recall at least two major gun rushes during the Obama era where, you know, I'm sure a lot of uh, your listeners remember, uh, you know, you had ammo shoot up about, you know, double or triple the price, and uh, high-capacity magazines were going for 50 60 sometimes $100 each. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that that will happen again uh, under Biden. Um, the, the question is, will... Biden uh, try to push even harder than Obama did for uh, gun restrictions, and um, I'm I, I'm thinking he might. Uh, just given, especially uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada, his recent response, which you know I don't know what Valdi had to do with Canada, but apparently he's going to try to use that to ban handguns in Canada, um, which suggests to me that there's definitely a a larger unspoken agenda going on, Mm -hmm. uh, possibly a a World Economic Forum agenda to get rid of the guns in North America before they try to bring in the reset. Mm -hmm. So this could be all part of the whole COVID crazy stuff, monkey thing, um, the Great Reset, and just kind of stepping on the gas and um, disarming people. I mean, it's very possible, right, that this is what's going on. Because we know that he, uh, Brandon, he does, they do control um, Trudeau and Biden. I mean, that's a given. We know that, right? 
Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, uh, okay. Trudeau is a, a WAF uh, alumni, basically, and Biden is longtime trilateral commission. You know, he's he's been involved in those groups for almost his entire career. So. Yeah. Yeah. A tried and true kind of a <laughs> longtime member of this group. So, I mean... Um, I, but governments have they always ran and uh, they've always wanted to kind of disarm the populace haven't they I mean isn't that been their MO from pretty much I think that there have been moments in, in our history where they've been able to gain leeway with the public and uh, by that I mean they, ut- they utilize uh, or exploit tragedies in order to gain uh, currency with the public uh, it's almost like they they try to turn these events into a currency and exploit them to uh, you know pay off the public with promises of uh, security future security mm-hmm. and of course these promises are false because as we've seen in other countries around the world where there are uh, extreme gun restrictions this doesn't protect you the the law by law-abiding citizen from being you know, murdered by a gun. Uh, you can take, for example, uh, Paris uh, a few years back when they had that major terrorist attack. He had uh, terrorists running around with AK-47s just shooting up uh, Paris, and uh, no one, no good person had a gun to defend themselves. So, you know, it's, it, that in itself is a reason to, to hold on to your firearms. Um, they, the, but the bigger reason, uh, one of the biggest reasons, is the fact that almost every time there's a major uh, disarmament of a population, eventually that is followed by, a, number one, authoritarianism in, in a country, and number two, uh, genocide. The, those are uh, sort of the two big uh, follow-ups to any sort of disarmament. And... So when gun grabbers come to us and they say, well, we have to take the guns away because this is about saving lives. Don't you care about saving mm-hmm. lives? Um, I would say, absolutely, I care about saving lives more than you do because every time there's disarmament, it's followed up by mass murder. And uh, so by keeping our guns, we actually save far more lives uh, you know, through that than by giving up our guns. Um, the issue, I think, is that gun grabbers will try to use you know, countries in Europe as an example of, oh, look at how low their gun crime is in, in uh, the UK, for example. And uh, you know, I would say, yeah, for now, um, those people uh, have a, a lower murder rate. Uh, it's not, it's still high. <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of places, London London is one of the knife murder capital one of the knife murder really? capitals of Europe. I didn't realize. So, so uh, you know, there's still a lot of problems over in Europe. But uh, what what we're thinking in terms of pro gun people and and uh, gun rights advocates, what we're thinking of is the long term. And uh, what we saw with COVID, for example, you know, you had countries in Europe, you had uh, Australia, you had New Zealand where the, uh, you know, the, the mandates were draconian. And we saw the, the mask come off, and we saw sort of the true intent of a lot of these governments. And I could see uh, 
genocide following um, that kind of authoritarianism very easily. Uh, it's, it's only a matter of time before people in Europe are going to be wishing they had the firearms that wow. we have here. Well, what's, for, what's the big example that comes to mind when you say this has happened in the past with the disarmament and um, genocide and um, total control? Would that be Hitler? Did they do that? Well, Hitler was very selective with mm. his gun control. It's funny because leftists mm. will actually weirdly, you know, they, they always claim they hate Nazis, but they, um, they will constantly defend the Nazis as not being gun grabbers, <laughs> you know. Mm. I think because they, they don't want people, they're trying to diffuse the argument that uh, disarmament is followed by genocide. And um, so commonly leftists will lie about, uh, you know, the Nazis and gun grabbing in particular, uh, they'll say they didn't grab guns, they actually uh, allowed more guns for German citizens, which um, is half true. What they did was they uh, banned guns for their political opponents hmm. uh, and for the Jews. So they wouldn't allow the Jews to own guns, they wouldn't allow certain political opponents to have guns, and then they would al allow people who are loyal to the Nazi party to have more guns. I see. Um, oh, I see. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's selective, selective disarmament. And I, I think um, <clears throat> leftists, actually, they, they might even prefer that model, the, the Nazi model. I think that they would like to have conservatives disarmed, but they would like to keep guns for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the model they would they would enjoy. But if you look at any any communist regime in modern history, from uh, Pol Pot to Mao to Stalin, um, they all disarmed their populations, and then of course they all mass murdered their populations. Wow. Well, what kind of how how they get away with it? Much like here, they they own the media and they, they just make up reasons and they do it and pass laws just like they do here. Um, generally, they well, they all use crisis events huh. as a means to disarm. Huh. So mm -hmm. they come in, they say, uh, this is a, a national emergency, national disaster, whatever. And uh, sorry, we have to take your guns away. It's for your own good. And then, hmm. uh, you know, they may promise that this is a short-term thing. Uh, you know, eventually you'll, you'll get your guns back. Of course, they never give the guns back. <laughs> and the intent is to you know, keep you as defenseless as possible because they they know eventually they're going to try to kill you. <laughs> so they want to make sure that you're as defenseless as, as they can possibly make you. Huh. Did you ever, would you ever see a time when um, the military would, would come after Americans? What do you think in just big picture? I know it's a difficult no, no answer, but what, what's your intuition on that uh well it's happened before Has it? um yeah there have been test cases where uh the u.s government the, the federal government and uh you know w under, with the use of federal agencies and the military have disarmed americans uh particularly particularly i'm thinking of hurricane katrina Really? Uh, and hmm. New Orleans. Yes, really? a lot of people don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or don't remember, but uh, during Hurricane Katrina, the police and the military were active in the city and around the city uh, in the suburbs, and they were actively 
disarming Americans, taking their guns away. And if you, you know, you can Google this, you can look it up. I believe there's whole documentaries about this, but they were going around uh, taking everyone's guns. And this was in the midst of, there was uh, massive looting, massive crime, um, and uh, they were going around disarming Americans. And I, 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 a lot of us, uh, you know, who were, you know, liberty writers at the time, I, I think, you know, we suspected that this was sort of a beta test or a, a test case for disarming Americans in the middle of a crisis event. Mm-hmm. So it has happened before. So it's this idea, they knock on people's doors and with the uniforms or whatever, and it's emergency, and then people just give it up even though they lawfully don't have to or legally or whatever the term would be? Um, generally, I you know I don't think they give much explanation. They just tell you you have to give up your guns. It's a up. national emergency or it's a you know state emergency, whatever. And they just take them. I, there's a famous um, uh, incident a video of uh, there was a news crew filming uh, police going door to door, and the, they're telling people that uh, you know they're uh, they're taking guns and you know so on and so forth. And an old woman shows them she has a, a revolver, and that's her defense. Right. Uh, she, she pulls it out. She's showing it to them, and then one of the cops just tackles her to the ground violently <laughs> and takes the gun away. <laughs> so this is, very, this is very famous at the time, a very famous uh, 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 incident. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this has happened before. I, I, would, that go over, would that go over today? I think not. I think that um, it would go very badly for them if they tried to take guns door-to-door today, but that doesn't mean they won't try it. These crisis events, as you call them, this Uvalde thing, there's there's lots of uh, rumors, innuendos, and I, some evidence this whole thing was kind of screwed up and maybe even planned. Do you have any insights on that? Um, I, I would be very interested to know why the police were ordered to stay outside the school for over an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I mean, that's very bizarre to me. Uh, you know, that how long does it take for SWAT to get there? More than an hour? It, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, you know, as far as some of the theories out, the conspiracy theories, I guess, out there are, are I think, they go too far. They're a little bizarre, but um, there's definitely some strange things going on in terms of the police response and the fact that that one uh, that one border agent had to go in by himself to to deal with the shooter uh, while the, all these cops were sitting outside and actually blocking parents, stopping parents from yeah, going in yeah. to wow. save their own children. Wow. Which is, um, I have an article coming out tomorrow, which uh, kind of you know talks about that. As a as evidence of why we actually need the Second Amendment and why we we need uh, community, we need to bring back the concept of community militias, because those parents should have been organized uh, and ready to walk in there, and they should have just walked right over the police. Yeah, and, and to, try to, to save, save their kids, kids, right? Just yep. try to save their kids. I, I think there's about is there about four or five different bills now being talked about in. Washington D.C. You know anything about these? And what are red flag gun laws? You you write about that in this article that I'm looking at here. 
There's always anti-gun bills floating around Washington, okay. D.C., um, you know, several at any given time. And what they do is they, they sit and they wait around uh, for events like, like this, the nice. events in Texas or, you know, wherever, um, Sandy Hook, wherever, and they wait for these events to sort of bring those bills to the forefront and try to use the crisis to their advantage. Um, Red flag gun laws are probably the most dangerous aspect of of the new sort of gun control leg- legislation. Um, red flag gun laws also uh, tend to come up as a you know concept for executive order, and hmm. th- the reason why they're so dangerous is because they involve well number one they involve mental illness, and the idea is that, uh, you know, to stop a mentally uh, unstable or mentally ill person from using the guns they already have to go out and commit a potential crime. So basically what this means is they're they're talking about pre-crime, of course. And, uh, you know, the concept of pre-crime is completely antithetical to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. The idea that someone could predict that you might commit a crime or that you're going to commit a crime uh, just according to whatever their perceptions happen to be. Mm -hmm. And then they can take away your rights preemptively to stop you from committing that crime. That's basically what red flag gun laws are. Okay. So as far as um, the the threats, the the threat that that, those types of laws present, uh, basically... What it allows is for any family family member, a friend, uh, you know, a, a coworker, uh, even police, just randomly, if they decide that you uh, are acting a certain way that they don't like, they can label you as a, a potential uh, mental illness threat um, and take your guns away without due process. And then you have to go through this long. Uh, you know, arduous process of getting your guns back and trying to prove that you're not crazy. <laughs> huh. So, so uh, this could be uh, abused. You can imagine how much this could be abused if it was to pass. Or you could morph uh, mental illness into, I quote, domestic terrorist, unquote, <clears throat> or whatever, right? Whatever your your definition de jour would be. Well, and it's also, it's common for the political left to try to label conservatives as, uh, you know, mentally ill or or mentally unstable just because of our political beliefs. So uh, it would be, you're just one step away from saying uh, an individual is crazy and can't have guns to this entire group of people Mm -hmm. is uh, they are crazy, mm-hmm. and they they need to have their guns taken away. It's it's only one step away from that. It, didn't um, Joe Biden say something like that? Like, what was it? The MAGA crowd. The MAGA crowd is. I don't know what terms he used. Do you know? He called him some kind of crazy name. I can't remember no. the exact phrase but he was, used, but but this weird. is yeah. this is common. You know, you have Hillary Clinton calling us the deplorables, you sure. know, that we're, we're evil, we're racist, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, it's all a bunch of nonsense, but once you put some kind of red flag legislation behind that rhetoric, then it actually becomes dangerous. Mm-hmm. Brandon uh, Smith is with us at uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. He's on that 800 line because uh, 
he doesn't do the internet thing because in Montana, you know, there's this buffalo out there. They don't do internet. And uh, um, <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to ask him a question or have a comment for what he's saying, Patrick at one radionetwork.com. Brandon, I'm going to do a quick little break here, promote a couple of our products, and we'll be back with Brandon Smith. If you would like to uh, um, communicate with him, Patrick at one radionetwork.com. Let me see if I can press the right button here. I think I can. Previously with Dr. Mark Circus, who's written several books on hydrogen, he talks here about how and why it works when we breathe in the hydrogen gas and bubble our water. Hydrogen is the point between the physical universe and all the other dimensions, the energetic dimensions. The first thing that comes into existence in the physical plane is hydrogen, H1. Hydrogen floods the space in, in between all the stars and galaxies, and it gives the, the sun, it takes a bath of hydrogen 24-7. It's constantly being infused with hydrogen, which it burns in the body we have something similar going in plants plants take in light and carbon dioxide then they make food chemical chemical food and which is a process of adding hydrogen that when you eat it you strip it but you put hydrogen gas into a person before it's an antioxidant it's like rocket fuel and it is rocket fuel so many good things are going on when you breathe this hydrogen from the AquaCure machine, that certainly is Mr. Patrick Timpone. And we've had ours now, uh, it'll be three years in uh, August. Three years breathing it this morning. I made my hydrogen water this morning. It's uh, incredible water. Uh, so you can make water, breathe the hydrogen gas with a little cannula. I got a 25-footer. So when I'm downstairs in my dining room, you can exercise, rebound, work on my screenplays, just do all kinds of stuff while you're breathing. And you can breathe as much as you want. And it's a food. So it's not killing anything. It's not trying to do anything magical. You know, it's just a food. As uh, Dr. Circus said that uh, stars eat hydrogen for breakfast. It's the number one molecule. Did you know that? Number one molecule in the universe. And it's the first manifestation, as he said, of divine spirit. And one of my... Uh, uh, ancient wisdom textbooks that I've read years ago talked about hydrogen being the first manifestation of spirit. Isn't that cool? I mean, I think that's pretty trippy, you know, even if they made it up, but I don't think they did. Check it out. Use promo code One Radio, 20% off, 20%. Currently, it's a 20% deal. Not going to be a better time to get it. Lifetime warranty. One year, no questions asked, money back warranty. Yellow. Can you imagine a company saying, well, you can use my product for 11 months, and if you don't like it, send it back. I'll give you your money back. No questions asked. That's what George says. That's why you're not going to do it, because you're going to love it. you like how you feel. You just get stronger and younger and stronger and younger. And then the younger you get, the stronger you get, and that's how it goes. Promo code OneRadio at OneRadioNetwork.com. Previously with Dr. Thomas Rao, the Pericles Medical Clinic in Switzerland. Their specialty is detoxification. We asked him about far-infrared saunas. The far-infrared sauna goes much deeper into the skin subcutaneously. It has its maximum about 4 to 5 centimeters below the skin surface. You've actually measured materials in the sweat and you've proven this. Yes, the, 
the patients after a week doing this every day half an hour or 45 minutes they react quite much with wet then you can collect this wet then you measure this and then you find how much they detoxify with the heavy metals it's really amazing it really is quite amazing and we've also seen studies that you um, have given um, people uh, chelators Right, so they spit out a lot of heavy metals, mercury, uh, arsenic, stuff like that. They'll give them special chelators. They give them the chelator. 30 minutes later, they, uh, they pee. They test the amount of yuck stuff, toxins that come out in the pee. Check this out. And then, then they have them do a sauna for 30 minutes, and they do, the, um, they do it again, and they actually put out more heavy metals and toxins out in the urine. No telling what goes on in the feces. I don't think they did that study. It's too messy. So, it's a weird phone. It's my home phone. Never mind. Don't worry about it. So, check it out. If you'd like to get one, it's Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. It's the only way to get it. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. $1,295 delivered. Tax title license to uh, uh, lower 48 Anywhere above the lower 48, Alaska, Hawaii, and around the world, just email me and I'll tell you exactly what the delivered cost will be. And we ship them to Canada all the time. Generally, it's about $14.95 delivered uh, to Canada up there where uh, Mr. Trudeau is going crazy. So just email me and I'll hook you up with the best price. But in town here, in town, in this country, lower 48 is $12.95. The relaxed far infrared sauna. It's a good one. I guarantee you, you're going to, you, and you do this every day, baby, and you're just not going to, you know, detox with the, what we call the flu. It's just, eh, that's not going to happen. It's not, not going to happen. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. From time to time, uh, uh, Brandon Smith uh, comes on the show. Brandon, thanks for coming on. His website is altmarket.com. U.S. and you can sign up for his newsletter and look at all the good stuff he has. So, um, so what, what taxis are they? What tac- tactics are they going to use? And is are you actually telling people to buy some things before the rush that you think could happen? Yeah, actually, in the newsletter, I, I did a, sort of a extensive list of. Um, ah items and uh, things that people, you know, should probably grab. If they're planning on grabbing uh, firearms and firearms-related peripherals, then there's certain things that uh, people should grab before there's a rush, and I I think there will be another sort of Obama-era-style rush on uh, gun-related items. Uh, You know, some of those things would include, like, body armor, for example. Uh, One of the things that is allegedly used in Uvalde was was body armor so um, and there's been a lot of talk the past few years about trying to put restrictions on uh, body armor for civilians so that's um, really? one thing huh. I would try to grab right away if uh, you're if you don't have any already um, and also you know keep in mind there's different types of body armor for different types of calibers of bullets so um, you know make sure you know what you're getting and and uh, you know what it's used for uh, before you buy it so what is body uh um, uh, is body armor different, uh, Brandon, from 
what is commonly known like a bulletproof vest you see in, in the movies that they wear under their shirts and all that, the cops? Uh, well, there's like the old school flak jackets, uh-huh. which are just sort of uh, layers of Kevlar, and those tend to be more just for small caliber bullets. Um, they, you know, uh, I guess in modern era, it's just called soft body uh, body armor, uh-huh. and uh, that's the soft body armor is primarily just for uh, pistol caliber bullets. And mm-hmm. then you have uh, ballistic, what are called ballistic plates, which uh, slip into your your vest, your chest rig. And uh, most of those will be for uh, rifle caliber, um, you know, bullets. And uh, that's um, something you can get. Uh, you know, some the the new stuff is actually lighter, but the the old stuff is really heavy. You know, they're about eight pounds, eight pounds per plate. They get pretty heavy. Wow. Um, uh, but they have new sort of composite plates that are you know ceramic and polymer and stuff like that, and they're. They're very light. They're about four pounds a piece, three pounds a piece sometimes, but uh, they're very expensive. So you're looking at, you know, some of them are, you know, four fifty, five hundred dollars a plate. Um, you know, which can get pretty expensive if you're buying two plates. Uh, but expect that to go way up if uh, if they do try to institute some kind of restrictions. Now, uh, a few years ago, I, when, when did it happen when? Uh, you can hardly even buy ammo. They were running out of ammo. When was that? Do you recall what was going on? Was that a co- the COVID stuff? or That was probably right at the onset of the, the lockdowns. Oh, the lockdowns. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, you had a whole bunch of people suddenly realize, oh. They <laughs> <laughs> can do this. They uh, can do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Things, are not, things are not necessarily going to go back to normal. And, uh, you know, if this goes really sideways, uh, I might need to protect myself. So you even had a lot of Democrats uh, buying up guns, which is why I think <laughs> if they try to bring in some kind of gun control, uh, you know, gun restrictions or gun control, um, or even a gun ban, an outright gun ban, that uh, I don't think it would, I don't think they would be able to do it through legislation. I think there's actually way too many people now who are in the gun world, uh, even some Democrats. So I think that if they do it, they'll have to try to do it through executive order. So. Uh, so obviously, um, after if all the polls are kind of correct, after November they they wouldn't be able to pass anything. Pretty much, right? They would be dead in the water there. Right? I think if they're going to try to do anything, it will be before this November uh-huh. because I do think that there is a very good chance there will be a, a red sweep, a conservative sweep of, of sure. the elections. Sure. Um, you know, the Democrats have just they they've. I guess what's what? What do you say? They, they've gone full retard, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they uh, they they uh, backed up the woke agenda completely, and uh, there's um, you know there's not very many people who are sympathetic to the Democratic Party right now. So they they'd have to do stuff before mm-hmm. November. Mm-hmm. We've had constitutional people on that suggested all these executive orders that they're really only. Uh, um, um, Valid for people that are in the ex- that are in the executive branch. Did you know that that they just make this stuff up as they go? Yeah, that's true. That executive orders are only supposed to apply to people within the federal government. Yes, um, oh, but that has not that has not stopped them no, in the past no. from trying to enforce things outside of their purview. Yeah. So. so, do you think it would take some kind of weird thing like a I don't know what was that one up in Texas years ago? Uh, you know what I mean when they burn the place down. What was the name of that one? 
you know, that, that uh, north of Austin, uh, Branch Davidian thing. Um, mm. yeah, the so, Waco Yeah, the Waco. Situation. Yeah, Waco. Waco said, so you think it would take some, like, huge thing before they try to do, Brandon, some executive order um, rollout? Some big, uh, thing, some big gun thing, you know, like a lot of people. I don't know that they need a, an event like that. I think that, uh, you know, I, another, I guess a, a, a perfect example of executive orders far outside the purview of the Constitution would be when Biden tried to uh, institute COVID, basically COVID passports. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a huge deal. I mean, it got blocked. And I, I think the reason it got blocked, and I, I think here's the key, I think, to, to all of this, that the reason that the COVID agenda, the mandates and the passports failed in the U.S. specifically, but uh, through a lot of the, uh, the West, um, is because Americans are massively armed. Mm. This is what stopped it. The red states said, we are not going to go along with this. Wow. We don't care what executive orders you, you pass, what legislation you pass, we will ignore you because it's unconstitutional. We will not enforce this. Yeah. And if you, and uh, you know, a lot of conservatives, including myself, were saying, all right, you know, you want to try to enforce this, you know, using force of arms, we will fight you. That's what's going to happen. So is this the hill you want to die on? And I think the elite said, uh, you know, no, this is not going to work. And they backed off. And you notice how fast they, they all just kind of shut up about COVID. <laughs> it yeah, was the span of quick, boy. Yeah. a couple weeks, a couple of weeks after um, Biden's, uh, the, the, his uh, executive order failed, and they just dropped it. It was gone. The, the media just stopped talking about it. Um, so it you know, the, at least in terms of vaccinations, they, sh- they shut up about forced vaccinations and uh where before they were saying is the end of the world if we don't get a hundred percent vaccination um so i think that what has happened is that the the establishment elites saw that they were there were way more people willing to fight them on this than they had expected and that we are armed and we do have the ability to fight back so now they have to change tactics and they have to go after the guns directly. And I've long said, hmm. you know, uh, I be- I've, for years I've been saying I believe that they will try to disarm the American population before the year 2030 because that is, for some reason, that is the year that keeps coming up in their, these, their white papers and their various agendas. Uh, 2030 is the year that they've decided they want all of this, uh, the reset agenda, you know, new world order type stuff to be in place. Yeah. 2030 is the year, so. Yeah, wow. Well, that's not good. Um, <laughs> well, um, DeSantis uh, in Florida, he came out, I, I guess, maybe about a week ago, and now I think it's already dead in the water, but this WHO treaty thing where they wanted to, Biden put in amendments wanting to make Klaus Schwab, or WHO, sorry, he's different from, from the World Economic Forum, to be able to say, well, we're going to decide what an emergency is and we can tell you what to do. And DeSantis said, you know, I don't care what he says, we're not going to do whatever you say you're going to do in Florida. And there was a lot of other uh, um, more libertarian conservative people in Washington, and they they took them out already. Did you know that they took out those amendments for now? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that, and uh, that's sort of my position on the, the WHO treaty is that it's sort of irrelevant uh, because no, you know, at least the red states anyway in the U.S., not gonna do it. Um, we're not going to listen anyway. It has to be, it's meaningless, it's just words on paper unless they have the ability to enforce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, what might add weight to such a treaty is if they were su- able to successfully disarm the American uh, public. If they were able to do that, then that tr- I would say that treaty is very dangerous. But uh, until they're able to do that, there's no way they would be able to enforce it. So it all go back. It all goes back to the uh, what we were talking about here, and why we invited you on. This idea of disarming the public is like mission mission one form now, right? Otherwise, they can't continue to do what they're going to do. I believe so. I believe that hmm. their only option now is to find a way to disarm disarm America. Because hmm. if if Americans remain armed and they remain defiant of the the reset agenda, uh, if we can show that uh, we can live just fine without uh, mandates, restrictions, uh, whatever agenda they want to put in place, if we if we show that we can do it without them. Uh, then we set an example for the rest of the world. And I, I actually believe that's what happened with the, the COVID mandates and the, the Vax passports. I think mm-hmm. people around the world saw, hey, uh, you know, they were claiming that all the all the conservative Americans were going to be dying in the streets because they were refusing the vaccine, and that didn't happen. Uh, so what's why should we follow these rules when the American uh, people don't need to do it? Uh, they're they're just fine without these rules. Why wouldn't we be fine without these rules? So mm-hmm. we set you all. You need is one place in the world to set an example of uh, you know freedom, and then other uh, you know people all over the planet will see that example, and they're going to start asking questions, and they might start to defy those mandates themselves. In, in a way, I think it could be argued this whole COVID thing is goofy as it was, Brandon Smith. Uh, it, it helped a lot of people wake up, uh, whatever the, they be, Democrat or who knows, whatever, independents, to realize that these people are lunatics and that they need to protect themselves. So it probably served us in a way. Yeah, I think they greatly overestimated uh, people's compliance mm-hmm. with with these with the mandates. I think they greatly overestimated their ability to enforce the the uh, the passports and to enforce the lockdowns. And they you know, there are countries where they were successful, but uh, through most of the West, um, there were just far too many people uh, asking questions and 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 uh, that were defiant hmm. against against those rules. And so they have to change tactics now. I think the next thing is, of course, they're going to have to find a way somehow to disarm, uh, uh, the, you know, America, Canada, possibly. Um, and then they're also going to try to rely on economic crisis. That will be the next thing. Sure. And so um, so then when they, t- they talk about AR-15s, or what do they call these things? Assault weapons. Uh, they, they put all these uh, rifles and stuff into this category, assault weapons. So that would be just the cherry on the top, and then they work down from there? Yeah, they say assault weapons because it's just a completely arbitrary and uh, open term. They can, they can just lump anything they want into that, that term. 
um, there's really no such thing. It's, <laughs> it's there's no the, such thing as something? You know, yeah, there's, there's military-style uh, weapons, would, I guess, would be probably what most people imagine assault weapons to be. Um, so they, what they'll target are the scary guns first, uh, the guns that uh, people, you know, I guess are more afraid of. Uh, but also the, what they're really going after, I think, are, it's funny because most, you know, the, the, the most gun crime, uh, you know, in the U.S. is committed using handguns. handguns. But you almost never see them uh, in the media focusing uh, on handguns. It's, it's a little strange to me that uh, Trudeau came out and just suddenly decided that handguns were uh, public enemy number one. Um, but in the U.S., they, they rarely talk about handguns as being the problem. What they do is they wait for uh, a mass shooting like what happened in Texas, and then they go after the AR-15s. I think w w the reason that they focus so much on military-style weapons is because those are the most effective weapons <laughs> if there was to be uh, some kind of rebellion if they were trying to institute tyranny or some kind of authoritarianism, those are the weapons that would be most effective uh, against them. So those are the weapons they're going after first. That's smart. Uh, what is it, a BAR-15? What is that? Uh, what is an AR-15? Oh, I, I thought I heard you say BAR-15. BAR, it's AR-15. So AR-15, yes. So yeah. What is that? What is it? <laughs> Well, an AR-15 is sort of a, a clone, uh, you know, of a M4, um, you know, which is the sort of the common military rifle using common, uh, you know, using uh, military service, and it's uh, you know just a semi-automatic uh, mag-fed weapon. It's it's relatively accurate, uh, out to you know about 600 yards. Um, you know, in the right hands, it's accurate to about 600 yards, wow. and uh, it's very modular. So you have a lot of rails and things that you can uh, add. You can add scopes and things on it very easily. You can change parts out very easily. It's e easy to strip uh, in the field and change parts out, things like that. So um, <clears throat> it's a you know semi-automatic military-style weapon. Uh, could any of these uh, AR-15s or some of the other military-style weapons? be used for hunting oh yes of course yeah yeah and that's uh, that's the thing um that's the sort of the nra argument which i i don't really you know i don't promote because if you're trying to say oh you know you you, sh you can't ban these guns because they're not just for uh combat they're also for hunting you're in. You're basically asserting that uh, guns are only. We should only be allowed to have guns if we can hunt with them. <laughs> right. That's and, weird, isn't it? Yeah. That's and that's that's <laughs> not the. That was never the intention of the founding fathers. Uh, the the reason that they you know um, instituted the Second Amendment was because the the population needed to be armed in the event of authoritarianism. That was the specific reason. This is what the founding fathers, all of them, say in their their letters and their speeches at the time when they were wow. working on the Bill of Rights. the The goal of the Second Amendment was to prevent uh, a new government tyranny. That was the purpose. Um, hmm. So, uh, you know, they they said that Americans should be allowed to have the same arms as are are used commonly in military service. Uh, so. You know that that includes 
you know, something like the M4, M4 which the, the AR-15 is very similar to. Interesting. They actually use that term? Uh, oh, they, what did they say again, Brandon? A new uh, government tyranny? <clears throat> yes, in, to prevent, yes, to prevent the government from reverting to tyranny. Uh, yeah. From reverting to tyranny, wow. So that what it was all about. It was never about, yeah, we you know, right to bear arms so you could shoot a deer. No, it wasn't that. That wasn't it. <laughs> no, that had nothing to do with it. I, I don't think it even crossed their minds. And also the common argument among leftists is, uh, oh, you know, the, if the founding fathers had known about AR-15s right. uh, back in the day, they never would have, uh, you know, uh, instituted the Second Amendment. And I actually, I completely disagree uh, if they had known about AR-15s at the time, I think they would have happily, happily said, yes, Americans should, should definitely have AR-15s, every American. Um, you know, and the reason is being is because they had repeating rifles way back then, even. Uh, they had repeating rifles. Did they? Uh, wow. Yes, they had repeating rifles, and they also, Americans were allowed to have cannons. So they were allowed, <laughs> Americans were allowed to have artillery, basically, uh, back then. So, you know, the Founding Fathers were all in on gun rights. There's, there are no caveats to that. I think Mr. Biden lied about the cannon thing. Did you see that? <laughs> I think he lied about that. <laughs> I did not see that, yeah, no. Yeah, it, it was something about where he said, you know, well, back then you couldn't have a cannon and, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah he lied about that. That's, that's completely... He lied about a lot of things. He said that the... Uh, the gun ban in the 90s that that um, uh, led to a decrease in uh, gun deaths and, and gun crime. That was a lie. He said when uh, the ban was rescinded, when it ended, that the gun crime went up. That was also a lie. Uh, statistically, that's a that's complete falsehood. Um, even I think PolitiFact even had to admit that what he said was untrue. They didn't say it was false. They just said, well, that's not the whole story. He just didn't have the whole story. They'll never say that he lied or no, that he, what he said was false. No. Unbelievable. Oh, man. What a wonderful world, I tell you what. Uh, Brandon, how, how are things politically there in Montana where you are? You guys in pretty good shape? Oh, really good. Yeah, we, you know, we were one of the first states to to block the the COVID mandates. Oh, cool. Um, Also, Montana, I think, is has the highest uh, gun ownership per capita in the country. Wow, I'm coming in. So we're in good shape, I think. There, nobody around here is gonna put put up with any of this stuff. So, well, be a great place to come if you prices are too expensive in Texas or Florida. Go to. Go visit Brandon in Montana. Are you getting a lot of influx from around the country up there? Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's uh, yeah. If you're if you're looking for property up here, that the prices are just uh, going up like crazy. So uh, yeah. you know, um, just keep that in mind. And <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah. And also, I think one another issue is it's just uh, that there are so few uh, properties for sale here compared to most other states. Um, just because there's so few people, I, I think we're, you know, in the winter time we were, uh, you know, six hundred thousand in the state, and then in the summer it was a million in the whole state. So, uh, you know, that might be different now with the influx of people, but um, that's that's not a lot of properties. So to there's only like six hundred thousand uh, permanent residents in Montana in the whole state. In the yeah, in the winter yeah, that's uh, that's the way it used to be. I'm not sure with the. Wow. I don't think they've had a new census yet, but uh, um, yeah, that's, that's the way. That's crazy. It used to be. They have that many in downtown Austin for goodness sake. Holy cow, 
man. Well, no wonder you guys got a lot of open space up there. Good for you. Brandon, thanks. Tell folks about your website if they want to come visit you. Sure. Uh, they can read my regular articles at uh, alt-market.us. That's mm-hmm. alt-market.us. And uh, I also have a newsletter where I go into uh, more in-depth into issues like this with gun rights and and uh, preparedness and that sort of thing. And the newsletter is called The Wild Bunch Dispatch. And uh, they can find a banner for that on at Altmark. And they can, they can prescribe to that one. Oh, speaking of that, before we go, um, do you think that uh, we're going to run out of stuff at the, at the Safeway and the giant food stores someday? Or get close? Where do you think this uh, is going, this it, whole food I think thing? it'll be selective supply chain problems. So it, they'll increase over time, especially due to inflation. And what you'll see is that there will be areas in your store that are just empty. Yeah. And, and the, the, typically what the stores will do is they'll stretch products out to try to hide that. Um, so, the, you know, there, you'll, you're, you'll have one brand of a thing, and it'll be stretched across an entire, hmm. you know, shelf of hmm. stuff. And uh, they'll try to make it look like things are full. But, yeah, I think that increasingly that will happen with rising fuel prices, inflation. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's par for the course. You're going to see a lot of supply chain problems. And meat is the new devil, right? That's the new one, boy. Meat. Oh, got to quit eating meat, boy. Quit eating meat. Save the planet. Yeah, they've been going trying to go after meat for years. It's uh, the UN especially has a, a anti-meat agenda. It's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> you know, I have I have theories on that that you know it would take a while to get into. But uh, you know, basically, um, there's enzymes within meat that uh, help improve uh, uh, cog- cognitive ability. Yes, sir. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it's actually they found with vegetarians they tend to, tend to be slower on the gun as far as cognitive ability. And uh, so maybe that's why. And if you and if you were going to invade a country, would you want a bunch of meat eaters or a bunch of vegans? Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm just trying to be nice here. You know? What What would the Chinese be more scared of? <laughs> that's right. What, what would they be more scared of? I put a great uh, a great meme up on my Facebook page because I'm not in Facebook jail right now, and they got these two gals on a on a bicycle in Switzerland with the. AR-15s on their back, you know, and and it says that the meme says that that Switzerland has the lowest um, um, incident of, of gun violence or murders in in the world, and one in two Swiss Swiss people own a gun. Is that possible? Is that true? I put it up there. I thought it was a cool meme, but I don't know. Yeah, well, it's. I think that that they're conscripted into the military for a certain amount right, of years, right. and that they are actually required to have the. Uh, I'm not sure what the service main service rifle in Switzerland is right now, but um, yeah, they're required to have that in their home with a certain amount of ammo, or they were. And uh, uh, I don't know if that has changed recently, yeah. but, but but they were lowest crime rate in the world. They claim. Yeah, and that's great. And also, the the story goes that that's one of the reasons why Hitler didn't go into Switzerland because he knew they all had guns. Well, and also the terrain would have been, oh, it would yeah. have destroyed them. It would have been worse than the Soviet Union as far as yeah, trying to invade. In, in Afghanistan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Afghanistan. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, if they removed the gun-free zones from schools and they allowed teachers to carry concealed, you probably would never see another mass shooting at a school again. Yeah. Is there any movement to that anywhere in this country? Have you seen the, 
there are some schools, uh, schools and school districts around the country that are starting to implement that. Uh, and I, I have not heard of a single one of these schools that allow uh, teachers to carry hmm. having a problem with a, 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 an attack or gun violence. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I think if these shooters knew that, that teachers could be armed, they would not go They wouldn't school. go in there. And, you know, there's more and more stories that we, we've been seeing. And I, I know a lady here who just won in Dripping Springs, and she's hardcore uh, conservative, and she won because of that. And I think as, as they can get more people into these school boards that are, are more solid thinkers on these ideas, you know, these things may pass, you know, and they may be able to get away with it. Well, yeah, and the school boards, they need to start representing the actual community oh, yeah. around them instead of, uh, you know, woke interests and, and uh, leftist politics, especially in communities where there's, there's not a lot of leftists. It's, it's bizarre that these people seem to insinuate themselves into all of these uh, positions. You know, I mean, maybe not weird. I think it's deliberate, but, sure. but uh, they don't represent the communities that they're in. So they need to get out of there, and uh, people who actually represent the interests of that, those communities need to be in those positions. Indeed, sir. Mr. Brandon, uh, say hi to the buffalo up there, and uh, you have a nice summer up in Montana. We'll talk to you soon. Brandon Smith, altmarket.us. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Get his newsletter, support him, so he can buy buffalo food or whatever, chicken food or whatever, or ammo. Uh, altmarket.us it's alt-market.us Brandon Smith you go in there you can prescribe to his uh, his uh, wild bunch thing and then I think it's a few bucks and then support him we got to support these people that are doing good work like this because uh, well we do let's do you know let's do so thanks for your donations and supporting us by um, purchasing products that we promote and that's how we make our house payment. So we appreciate it very much. And we're great. Well, it's an honor to be able to make a living uh, uh, just uh, blabbing away, have fun things. Uh, we, we take Thursdays off. We'll see you on Friday. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. There's always more fun things. Um, if you have certain people that you would like us to interview, we get recommendations all the time. Don't be shy. I see uh, all my emails coming in. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Questions about any of the products, saunas or hydrogen or anything like that. Any of the products that we take, and we take them all. And uh, so that's it. We'll start running, um, streaming all of our videos again. Um, uh, Peter Bregan, Thomas Renz from yesterday, Mike Stone in the monkey business. Mm-hmm. Mark Sherwood, he was a cool guy, and people like that, and of course Brandon, and then uh, Fred Dyshevsky this morning. So we'll see you on Friday. I love you all. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate your support. It's really terrific. Thanks. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one. RadioNetwork.com.